The six-time world champion, New England Patriots. Edelman's going to throw. The quarterbacks are intercepted. Welcome back to the Pats Pack Podcast. I am here, Mr. Josh Finn, as always with my good friend, Hybrid 1K, JV That Kid, URI Dining's former all-star, former finest, Mr. Josh Valadella. Josh, how are we doing on this fine Friday morning? I'm doing pretty damn good and even better now that I see you rocking the jute on red sleeves. It's funny, when we went to the game, one of my friends commented that on <laughs> the Instagram post I made. He's like, not sure if it's Judon or Fenton. I'm like, stop talking, please. Anyway, today we are going to be previewing the Buffalo Bills game coming up on Sunday, and it is going to be a lot of fun as always. I think this one's actually going to be one of the better ones we've done. Mm -hmm. We're just going to continue to get better and better at these as time goes along. So make sure to like, make sure to subscribe, make sure to continue checking us out. So starting off here, New England's actually favored in this one, minus two and a half. Money line is in favor of New England on the minus 133 side. Over under is 43.5. Five, and there are some big playoff implications Definitely. in this one, actually. So we'll start with the simple one so we don't confuse anyone. The Pats can clinch the division in this one with a win and mm-hmm. with Miami's loss or tie. But key note here, Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon were both placed on the COVID list. So Ian Book is set to start on that one. So it's not looking good for a Miami loss there. Miami has been hot. I believe they won six in a row, if I'm Six in a row, bro, since which is came cr- back. Which is crazy, because they were one in seven. I thought they were dead in the water. People are calling for Brian Flores' head. They're like, burn him at the stake. And all of a sudden, they're like, sign him to a max, like a John Gruden-type contract after this turnaround. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely insane, but I don't know. Great turnaround, great job so far. Moving on to the more complicated playoff berths for New England. So, starting off first, New England can get in the playoffs and clinch a spot with a win and a Vegas loss or tie and a Chargers loss. Second implication or second scenario, New England win, Indy loss or tie and a Cincy loss. New England win, Indy loss or tie, Baltimore loss or tie and a Pittsburgh loss or tie. New England win, Indy loss or tie and a Chargers loss. Or a New England win, a Baltimore loss, a Browns loss or tie, and a Pittsburgh loss or tie. I'm not sure about you. I would just like for the first one to play out and just keep it nice and simple. Get a win and have the Dolphins lose and keep on keeping on because it's a great day to be great and get all of that other mumbo jumbo out of there that we were referring to. Anyway, moving on to the injury report for the Pats to start off, and it is a loaded one, to say the least, I would say. We've got Nelson Aguilar hasn't practiced yet this week with a concussion. Ramondre Stevenson has not practiced as well with an illness, which I'm assuming it's non-COVID-related because he's not on the COVID list. But that could be a big one because I guess there's this also flu bug going around the NFL. You saw Lamar Jackson missed a week yep. a couple weeks ago because of the, he had a, the uh, the flu. So it's very possible Ramondre Stevenson sits in this one, which is kind of scary if Damian Harris doesn't play. Fire up Brandon Bolden. Yeah. I don't care if there's a fire. Let this man cook. David Andrews, limited in practice with a shoulder injury. Christian Barmore with a knee was also limited. Jawan Bentley had a ribs and ankle injury he suffered in the last game. Brandon Bolden with a knee injury. Nick Fult, left knee, so not that important. Damian Harris with that hamstring. 
Nikhil Harry had a hip injury he suffered in the Colts game. Adrian Phillips with that knee injury from the Bills game. Matthew Slater also limited with a illness. All of those players I just named, aside from Aguilar and Ramondre Stevenson, were limited in practice. And you thought we were done? Just kidding. The COVID list. We got Kendrick Bohr, Harvey Langey, Cameron McRone, and Ronnie Perkins. They were all added on Tuesday. The big one here, obviously, is Kendrick Bourne. But he is vaccinated, I saw, so he does have a chance to play on Sunday. But generally, guys who are put on the COVID list do not play at yeah. all. There's a good chance, though, with the updated COVID well, protocols. You also That's true, but you also have to remember a lot of guys... I think part of the reason a lot of guys don't play is because, well, A, you don't practice all week. True. B, you probably still don't feel that great because you just, you just were sick. COVID, yeah. yeah. And C... A lot of guys just don't test out of it in time. Mm-hmm. So possible, but not overly likely, I would say. But yeah, it's not possible, optimistic. especially because it was earlier in the week. But anyway, first off, first thing we want to take away here is obviously COVID. Mm-hmm. COVID is obviously a thing going around the NFL right now. I think the Pats have been fortunate, I would say, that I would agree. not there. I mean, obviously, they're kind of in a pit, little bit of a pickle here, but it's not anything they can work around it's a challenge but it's not like mac jones yeah, or like you're, a, you're not, you don't have to fire up brian hoy or anything like that yet i feel like we we kind of like dodged a bullet we, you know we're not in the same situation as the rams they they got hit bro yeah but another big thing to take away here so Jawan bentley if he's out either jamie collins or kyle vanoy is gonna have to fill that void how do you feel about mm-hmm. that i'm confident i mean it's You've been seeing it all year, Jamie Collins and limited action making plays. So, Jamie Collins just baffles me. Like he goes to all these different teams, he has all these different things going for him, and he just sucks. And then he comes back to New England and he's like an All-Pro. It just seems like a motivation thing. Like he goes to a team that pays him, you know, not exactly like winning environments. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's Detroit just won their second game. You go to New England, you're playing for Bill, playoffs, possible Super Bowl run. Some motivation there. So I know we just said that the Pats haven't been hit too hard here, but there is a big mess going on here. Bro. Like starting off with the backfield, yeah. what do you do here? So you, obviously the backfield's not overly COVID related. It's possible that you have you, you know your backfield completely intact on Sunday, mm-hmm. but you got all three guys essentially on the injury list. I don't think Bolden's that much of a concern. Like I think he's going to play. Damian Harris, I mean the hamstring, very possible he misses time. Ramondre Stevenson with that illness, also very possible he misses this week. What do you do here if you're firing up Brandon Bolden? Like, <laughs> uh, this is, uh, for depth at least, you're calling up the practice squad. And I think at this point, they're just going to rock with who they have. Maybe I, see some John o. Smith in the backfield. Because at this point, they probably would have signed a running back. I'd imagine you fire up J.J. Taylor in this one. Because he yeah. was taken off the COVID list. So if Stevenson and, well, actually, even if one of the two miss any time at all, which I think... Mm-hmm. I don't know how possible it is that both of these guys play, especially Stevenson, who hasn't practiced yet. But I'd imagine J.J. Taylor sees a good amount of touches in this one. Yeah, I agree. Moving on here. So the big thing to take away from this injury report is the receivers. Obviously, with Kendrick Bourne on the COVID list, Nikhil Harry with a hip injury. And it's just kind of a mess all over the place looking at it. Mm -hmm. Is this the John Smith blow-up game? And who's not going to target in this one? I feel like every week is kind of a step forward towards seeing that John Smith blow up week. Because like we said last time, or maybe even 
the last time before that, it's like every time Jonah Smith has one big play, it gets called back. It gets called back. He's like the the, the epitome of sheesh. Like he's that guy yeah. you start in your fantasy line. If you get all excited and all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's a flag. I'm not surprised. I had to last week. He got me two points, I think. Lit. It's lit Awful. to be lit. Who's not going to target in this one, though? Say if these guys do miss time. Uh, you know, probably the same usual targets. Hunter Henry. I don't. If Bourne doesn't play, maybe he's heavily reliant on uh, Jacoby Myers. We could see. We could see some Nikhil Harry action. The big well. thing with Kendrick Bourne is his versatility. Because you can line him up anywhere. literally anywhere, and he can do just about anything mm-hmm. on the field. That's the one issue I see with that. Yeah, I agree. It's it, it's 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 going to be missed. The thing I want to take away from this past week is Devin McCourty did say that uh, everyone's going to need to be ready. And I think he makes a really great point about this because you don't know what's going to happen. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, like you see this injury report that we're talking about today, you see how it's supposed to play out. But it's also possible that at the end of the day, the guy standing next to you at kickoff gets COVID and can't play. Mm-hmm. Like we saw last year with Des Bryant, literally minutes before kickoff, he tested positive for COVID and he got taken off the field. Yeah, that was like crazy. things like that. So it's very possible. You've also seen in different sports, like Steph Curry in the middle of the game, get a positive COVID test, come back. not Steph Curry, Seth Curry, I'm sorry, get a positive COVID mm-hmm. test in the middle of the game and have to leave the bench. Mm-hmm. Like you've seen insane things like that. So for all we know, this is what we have right now, but we don't know what Sunday is going to come around at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Got to stay ready at all times. The good news is, so Adrian Phillips said that the Patriots preparation has turned up a notch this week. Obviously, a lot of guys have really been, I guess, a little bit harder in the locker room this week. Mm -hmm. Mack and Andrews, uh, David Andrews, that is, both came out and said that they really did not have a good week of practice leading up to that Colts game. And I really think it showed. Like, obviously, they did not seem ready. They come out, looked a little slouchy, kind of like that bye week hangover, whatever Mm -hmm. it might be. And they didn't play well. Yeah, um, you saw it in the first three quarters, maybe a little bit past the three quarters. They just started out slow. You know, same thing. Mm. I agree. So moving on to the Bills side of things here and that injury report, they're coming off an impressive 31-14 win over the Panthers last week. Good game to get back on track after a couple of tough losses to the Pats and the Bucks. But we got Josh Allen with a foot injury. He did practice in full. I would not expect any issues there. Jerry Hughes, neck injury was limited. Micah Hyde, back injury limited. Taiwan Jones, knee injury, did not practice. And Emmanuel Sanders had a knee injury, and he was a limited participant. On the COVID list, we got Cole Beasley, Deion Dawkins, which will be a big loss, and AJ Ebenezer. Anything you want to take away from that? Uh, Yeah, I'm not really too concerned about Josh Allen. He's been kind of hurt for a couple of weeks, banged up, but he's been showing up. So It's just kind of one of those things he's just going to play through at the end of the day. I don't see anything yeah. really changing I mean, in regards to that. Even Emmanuel Sanders, I'm not concerned. Uh, Gabriel Davis has been on the come with the past couple of weeks. So. We're going to talk about him in a little bit here. But Pat's coming into this one. They are looking for their 28th season sweep of the Bills, 16th in the Bill Belichick era. I don't think it's going to be that easy at all. Pats are also going for their 27th 10-win season in franchise history. That would tie the Cowboys for the most 10-plus win seasons of all time. Iconic. Kind of moving on to the game itself here. So the Bills are one of the top pass defenses in the league. They're allowing 175.6 yards per game and 5.4 yards per pass. That's pretty impressive. Yes. They're the top pass defense. I saw that stat and I was like, whoa. 
obviously you don't know how inflated that stat is because of Tredavious White not being there. That's the big, obviously, difference maker. But do the Pats go after Dane Jackson on this one? We talked about this last week, or not last week, the last time we did the preview show for the Bills. Obviously, there were (laughs) some weather implications that were involved with that one. So didn't exactly attack anyone in the passing game. But Mm -hmm. do you think they go after him in this one? Uh, I can see it, yeah. I mean, you always got to kind of attack the weakest link. Yeah. I feel like in the last matchup, they did try to attack him a little bit more mm-hmm. in the run game. Kind of run, because they obviously he's probably not very experienced, so he's not that great of a blocker on mm-hmm. the outside. So I did notice they kind of catered to that a little bit. I don't know if that's going to be the same thing here. We're going to have to see what happens. Yeah. See him play it out. Play some good ball. Okay. So, Pats have had... Had some trouble stopping the run, obviously. Just that a con- little bit. That continued last week when Jonathan Taylor just decided to eat the mushroom and go full-on Super Mario. <laughs> so they're currently 24th in the league in stopping the run, allowing 122.4 yards per game, LOL. 26th with 4.6 yards per carry. That's awful. We've got some bad news, we've got some good news, and we've got some better news here. Bad news. Devin Singletary averaged 4.7 yards per carry. But, Is that for the year? Yeah. Wow. Pretty impressive, right? But, yeah. but, 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 good news. Very small sample size. It's only got 133 carries. Oh, 130, excuse me, 633 yards on the year on 134 carries. So very small sample size at this stats. point in the year. But better news. The Bills, they don't tend to run the ball a lot unless Josh Allen's involved. Unfortunately for Josh, love the name, hate the player. He has had a foot injury, so he really has not been running the ball a lot. And it showed they've mm-hmm. definitely stepped a little bit away from that. I've definitely seen them go away from kind of those run pass options just because at the end of the day, you don't want to risk your franchise quarterback yeah, because exactly. him on the field at whatever he is, 70, 80, 90% is better than him off the field at the end of the day. Oh, absolutely. So they've definitely changed the play calling in regards to that. But the X factor here, the X factor I want to talk here about he here, is. Gabriel Davis. I really think, it's, all right, if Emmanuel Sanders misses this one, and Colby's already out, like he's unvaccinated, so he's not going to play. Mm-hmm. He could definitely be the X factor here. Last week, five catches on seven targets, 85 yards, two tutties. Stefan Diggs did see a <laughs> shadow from Stefan Gilmore. He did have a touchdown, but he only had four catches on 35 yards. If Emmanuel Sanders misses this week, and like I already said, Beasley's out, he's unvaccinated, he's not going to play. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> is Gabriel Davis the difference maker here? Uh, he could be. I mean, we've seen shades of Jalen Mills playing good ball, understanding the Patriots' you know, pass defense system, and it's probably going to look like J.C. Jackson, Stefan Diggs matchup, and Gabriel Davis and Jalen Mills. So we're going to have to see. I mean, we've seen Jalen Mills, the bad side and the good side. So this could very well be a marquee matchup. Absolutely. But anyway, Josh, enough of this joking around here. Let's just get to the main event here. Unleash Conor McGregor. Ring the godlet. Let Bruce Buffer come in and start talking. I don't care what you want to do. I feel like this is a Stefan Diggs, like, game S- oh, flight man. sd14 is now boarding to logan airport and i feel like they're going to get him involved early and often here and they're going to show that that game at buffalo was a complete fluke and it they're going to well go after jc jackson a lot in this one and they did that last year when they played it at new england plus if you look at these stats stefan gilmore stefan gilmore stefan Diggs has not gone over 100 yards since week 10 against the jets when he had 162 and he's actually only done it twice this year the other one being against houston in week Mm -hmm. four like i just said he lit up jc jackson last year in foxborough 
And I really expect the Bills to come out firing this one. And like I was saying, they want to prove that that Monday night game was complete fluke. It was because of the weather and the Pats got lucky playing in that weather on the road. Like it, no one can just predict you're going to throw the ball three times and win. Like mm-hmm. that's not a recipe for the current NFL in this day and age. So I really think the Bills are going to want to put up a lot of points and they are going to run through number one, four. What do you think about that? Uh it's going to be tough to put up, you know, come into Gillette Stadium. You know, you're, it is a road game and just put up points. Patriots still have a great defense, and they did show that towards the end of the Colts game. And just in general, they've been playing great defense all year. Uh, J.C. Jackson has been wanting all the smoke lately. He's talking, you know, I got to rename Dude, I my own island. He's talking like, you know, some big man, big dog talk right now. That's so, what I mean. I think they want to shut him up. Yeah, I, I wouldn't blame him. Stephon Diggs is, you know, he's Pro Bowl caliber. He's top-notch, like, tier A receiver. One of the best route runners in the league. He's more than capable of keeping or getting himself open. So do you force the ball with him? Yes. You know I, what I mean? I, think, I, I absolutely do that. You have Dawson Knox working under the um, – or working the slot and in the middle field. And uh, Gabriel Davis. You know, this could be a high-scoring affair. This could be, you know, let's force it to Diggs. But I think you're right in terms of they want to shut J.C. Jackson up. This is – also, I feel like going to have to be like we talked about the Mac Jones blow up game. We've talked mm-hmm. about how he's eventually going to have to go win a game. Yep. This is the first game I'm kind of looking at where Mac's going to have to play well in this one. He's going to have to throw the ball a lot. I feel like glove or not because glove or not because I really think the Bills are going to want to put up more than ten points. Oh, I, I would imagine most teams go into games wanting to put up more than ten points. I would imagine that's usually in the game plan. Yeah. Even gonna though remember I'm all not the missed an NFL head coach. But I really feel like this is going to be a game where Stefan Diggs just goes off. Like, if we're sitting here on Monday and the final stat lines, eight or nine catches for 110, 120 yards and a touchdown or two, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be surprised at all. I expect the pass to play from behind in this one. And the thing that scares me about this is this offense right now is depleted. Obviously, the running back rooms has potential to be a mess. The receiving mm-hmm. room's a little bit of a mess right now. Even the line, it's been kind of shaky. Even the line's been a little bit shaky. That's another good thing. But this is going to be a Mac Jones type of game, I feel like. And this is when he's really going to have to show his maturity. And he's going to have mm-hmm. to throw the ball a lot. I think he's going to throw the ball at least 40 times in this one. So I think he's going to throw it early. And I think he's going to throw it often. I agree. Who needs to step up in this game? I think the defensive line as a unit. And... Mac Jones, of course, but just when you're, what is it, 22nd in the league in run defense? I think it was 24th. 24th. 24th in the league in stopping the run. Needless to say, they're playing poorly. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to throw that Devin Singletary 4.6 yards per carry. You got to shut that down. Shut down the run. I'm sure Josh Allen is not going to run as much. He's going to throw more. Um, Linebackers need to step up like Jamie Collins. And Mac Jones, he's got a, I mean, he's a rookie, you know what I mean? But he's got to show that he can lead this team to victory. You got to take big shots to make big shots at the end of the day. Absolutely. This, the scary thing about this game is I think a lot of people think the Pats have a playoff spot locked up. If we don't. They could very well miss the playoffs. Yeah. Like, say you lose, say you lose on Sunday, right? You All right, Jacksonville, hopefully, that all works out and goes according to plan. Then you got to go play at Miami, mm-hmm. and they've already got the they already beat you week one. So if you lose at Miami, they got the tiebreaker mm-hmm. all locked up. So it's very possible you go 
one in two the last three games, or one in four, no, one in three the last four games, mm-hmm. and the Dolphins, like, I'm assuming they're going to, I'm assuming the Dolphins are going to win this week. Yeah. With a third string starting quarterback that, you know, has no business starting. I don't care one if there's a fire. One. This guy does not deserve to be, to be <laughs> a starter in the NFL right now. And say, I don't, I don't know what the Dolphins schedule looks like off the top of my head. Let me look that up. Even side note, um, what is it? We're only a game above, um, not San Diego, but the LA Chargers. Because they've won eight games. We won nine. That's something not to worry about, I guess, per se. But you know what I mean? we got to win these games. Yeah. Obviously. But. So they got at New Orleans this week, at Tennessee next week, and then they play New England at home the last week of the year. So it's possible that they could win out. Mm-hmm. And finish ten and seven. Yeah, these games are no joke. They have major, uh, <clears throat> sorry, major playoff implications. Like, if they both finish ten and seven, that's a problem. <laughs> that's a big <laughs> yeah. problem. So I don't know what exactly is going to happen in this one, but I think the Pats need to get it together. And I think you can't check any of these teams off. I mean, Jacksonville, we're kind of gonna overlook a little bit, even though mm-hmm. that has some room for disaster but at the end of the day that whole locker room is just a mess that you know with the urban Meyer thing like jacksonville fans are just like can we just end the season at the end of the day like so we don't have to sit through this anymore it's one of the shortest head coaching tenures in history i know not like bills though he's the only person to be fired midway through his first season midway what happened with the other uh coaching tenures they just left or had uh, they stepped down i know bill got traded from the Jets. A lot of it's there was one other guy, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but they talked about how he was the only other one that had a shorter tenure or a similar tenure. The but the Falcons difference was coach. it might have been. I think okay. so. But he stepped down. Okay. He wasn't fired. fired he Urban Meyer was actually fired. Yes. So yeah. Interesting. But besides yeah. the point, what do you have? What is your key to the game here? Anything else besides the D-line? Uh, I think it's... <laughs> I didn't really think about it till now. I, I think J.C. Jackson is the key. Limiting Stefan Diggs. That's the biggest weapon. He could be the real X Besides Josh Allen. But yeah, definitely. That's very possible. But we'll just have to see what happens. What mm-hmm. is your score prediction for this one? Um, I really don't want to say it. Well, you have to because I just asked you. <laughs> um, let's say 24-21 Pats. Yeah, 24-21 Pats. I thought about this a lot. I really think the Bills are going to want to put up points in this one. Like I said, I really think Stefan Gilmore is going to – Stefan. I keep saying Stefan Gilmore. Stefan Diggs is going to – I do. Stefan Diggs is going to get involved early and often here. Mm-hmm. And I really think I really think he goes over 100 yards in this one. I'm gonna go thirty-one. I'm gonna go thirty-one twenty Bills. Thirty-one twenty Bills. I almost was gonna put that out. Just be like, oh, the Bills are gonna win. I feel like, well, I feel like this type of this game, it's gonna be one of those games that's not out of reach, but it's gonna yeah. be one of those games where it's like every time the Pats need a play, like mm-hmm. they need a third down stop, you know, need a turnover they don't get it and it's like a game of inches almost where it's like if the ball bounces five or six inches a different way 
it's a completely different type of ball game. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, I feel like this is going to be one of those games where every time the Bills have third and short, fourth and short, uh, whatever the case may be, whenever they need a break, they get it and they convert and they come through. That's just the type of game I feel like this is going to be at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. We're just going to have to see how it plays out. Yeah. I mean, I think Diggs is going to have maybe like an eight catch for like 70-something yard game. But he, I think J.C. Jackson will do a good job of containing him. I think I'm being more optimistic and also being optimistic about how the Patriots are preparing for this week's game. Mm-hmm. You know, working definitely harder in practice. Maybe a little chip on their shoulder from the Colts game. That's you know? kind of the one thing that sticks out in my mind. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking if there's if I'm going to be wrong and I have to pick a reason why I'm going to be wrong, that's the reason just because they're so frustrated and upset with how that game went exactly. last week. And like you said, the kind of that chip on their shoulder type thing. It's a wake-up call. Yeah. Sometimes you need a wake-up call. Absolutely. Guys, we are done here. We will be back later or earlier next week to recap this Bills game. Let's see what happens. I might actually be going to this game. So if you're watching this, come say hi. Anyway, thanks for watching. Like and subscribe as always. And we will see you, like I said, early next week. Bye, buddy. Merry Christmas.